This is Christian Book Blurb, brought to you by author and songwriter Matt McClary. Get a behind-the-scenes glimpse into the lives of some of your favourite Christian authors. Hear about their books and faith. Also, why not check out my website, mattmcclary.com. Hello and welcome to this edition of Christian Book Blurb, the podcast that helps to develop and grow your Christian discipleship by having a good old chat with some Christian authors about their books, their faith and their lives. Now, before we get down to it, I just wanted to let you know about a little Facebook group we've got going on over on that social media platform. The Facebook group is called Fans of Christian Book Blurb. So if you are a Christian Book Blurb fan, do go over there and join the group. And we've got some fun discussions going on there. You have the opportunity to even ask some questions to future guests and all sorts of other lovely things. So do get involved and go and join our fans of Christian Book Blurb Facebook group. Right, today we have lined up a fantastic Christian author for you. Her name is Amanda Bedra, and we're going to be chatting today about the story of David and Bathsheba. Just before we do that, let's welcome Amanda to the show. Hi, Amanda. Hi, Matt. Thank you so much for having me on your show today. Hello to all the listeners. Thank you so much for taking the time to to join us and listen to us today. Oh, that's excellent. Thank you so much for joining us. I look forward to our discussion. Just before we do, um, you sent me a copy of Becoming Queen Bathsheba, your new novel. And I must say, I did enjoy reading it. It helped me formulate some of the questions for today. But I will be doing a giveaway of your new novel, the copy that I have here, on my newsletter that goes out once a month. So if there's anyone listening to this and you'd like to try and win a copy of the novel Becoming Queen Bathsheba, please do sign up to my newsletter. Just go over to my website, mattmcclary.com, and fill in the sign-up form. And then each month, um, I have an exclusive giveaway just for those who subscribe to my newsletter. Um, So you might be able to win yourself a copy over there. But even if you don't, it's still fantastic because we're going to chat with Amanda now and you're going to find out all about it. So, Amanda, your latest fiction novel, Becoming Queen Bathsheba, is based on the biblical account of David and Bathsheba. And I think most of our listeners might be familiar with that story in the Bible, in 2 Samuel 11. Um, Can you give us a summary as to what that is about and indeed what your book is about and what your book deals with? Oh, thank you so much. That's a really good question. Um, In summary... It's a story about love. It's a story about lust. It's a story about forgiveness, which um, are the key themes that I draw out of the book. Um, Second Samuel 11 tells us the story of um, David, who should have been at war, um, but didn't go. Um, he didn't go with his army. He, he stayed back behind. And one evening, he's on his rooftop and he sees this beautiful woman who's um, having a bath outside naked. And he summons her. And there is this um, interesting encounter that then leads to so many things that unfold um, in this book. It leads to um, an unwanted child um, because this woman that he's seen, Bathsheba, is a pre- is a married woman 
It leads to the death of her husband. It leads to the remarriage um, of this um, of this widow with this child. It leads to the death of the child. I mean, there's so much. It is one of those chapters in scripture that it's it feels like it's a short chapter, but there is so much drama in Second um, Samuel 11, and then even into Second um, Samuel 12, that is enough to write a whole book about. It, well, well, I was just going to say, as you're describing that, and I was just thinking to myself, hmm, sounds like the plot of an amazing story. It is, it is an amazing story. It's, for some, it can be an uncomfortable story, um, but it is, mm. it's a necessary story that needed to be told. And I'm just grateful to God that I had the privilege to tell the story in the way that I've done, which is... Um, which is unusual, which is not the standard narrative that, mm. you know, I personally grew up listening to and, and learning about when, when I read the story. Um, and it's, yeah, I, I consider it a real privilege to have been able to tell the story from a different perspective. Mm. Well, we'll circle back to what you've just alluded to in a moment. But with the Bible, one thing I really like is that it doesn't airbrush out the the nasty bits or the unseemly bits it it, it keeps it tells us about the, the faith the, the suffering the pain it's not the sort of perfect idealized sort of life and i guess this is one of those well several <laughs> of of these mistakes and loss and brokenness and everything all kind of wrapped into the story here now you mentioned your retelling takes on a different perspective to that of um, a willing affair or that is usually spoken about or, or talked about so what is your different angle um, on telling the story and why did you tell it that way well, I I don't know whether it's so much as a uh, of a different angle as as opposed to the literal translation of what we can see in the Bible. I know that historically um, the story of David and Bathsheba has been talked about as adultery. Um, some have even gone on to consider it an affair. I've written it from the perspective of an abuse of power which when you take the time to read the Bible narrative and read it very carefully, um, it, it does come across as an abuse of power. And the reason that I felt it was important to write it and write it in its truth, it's because even though the Bible is a book that was written over 2000 years ago, um, it is for our information, it's for our learning, it's for our edification. That's what the Bible tells us in, um, in, in 2 Timothy 3.16, isn't it? That it's there to teach us. And today, there are still women that have experienced this abuse of power. We see that in the rise of the Me Too um, movement, where you have men that are in authority that take advantage of um, a woman's position and use it to their advantage. But like you said, the Bible story, it, it tells everything, but it's a story of restoration because it starts with um, a painful situation, but then there's hope and there's, there's light and, you know, there's forgiveness. You know, when people say to me, oh, but 
the first child dies and, and I'm like, yes, but then there is Solomon. Do you see what I mean? So there's, there's that showing of God's restorative power, even in the midst of painful circumstances. And I really felt like it's something that would bring comfort to women who have um, experienced an abuse of power, but also to remind them that we do serve a God of second chances. Now, when you think about the reason why I've, you know, apart from this is something that I prayed about and, you know, I fasted about and I spoke to different people about and had that personal conviction in my heart. There are some questions that I've had to ask myself in this, um, about this story. If we were going to say that it's a willing affair, the first thing that we would want to consider in any affair is two people that know each other. From the Bible, the Bible tells us that David didn't even know her name before he summoned her. Somebody else told her, oh, that is Bathsheba. So he didn't even know her. The second thing that you have to consider is, you know, apart from the fact that he wasn't where he was supposed to be, we, this was not a time of social media where you could text somebody and somebody sends Bathsheba a text message and says, oh, oh, the king is on the roof now. And that's the time that she decides to go outside to go and be <laughs> naked. Like, how does she know the timing of where he's going to be to even try to seduce him because this is the other narrative that her bathing outside naked was seduction for the king how would she have ever known that he was going to be there how would she have even known that with her so-called seduction he was going to summon her i don't know how she would have read his mind okay so let's get to the point that he summons her and let's even assume that she was even you know uh, we are talking about a time where women didn't have a choice. They didn't have a voice. We see that in Esther, you know, even for her to go and speak to her own, her own husband, who is the king, she had to wait for his scepter to be held out or fast for three days and three nights for the sake of not being killed. What voice would Bathsheba ever have had to say to David, I'm not interested. You're trying to do this thing to me. I'm a married woman. Please don't touch me. Even when she married him, you know, we read many chapters down. She's going to go and speak to him about what's happening with Solomon. The Bible tells us that she lays flat on her face. That is the kind of respect that the king commanded. So there is no way that she would have even been in the position to say to me, to say to David, do not do this to me. Now, let's even assume she seduced him. Let's even assume that she wanted to have this affair with him. What would have been the point of it? This is a time when women would have been stoned for being an adulteress. What would have been the benefit of any kind of illicit affair? If you look at modern day um, situations with men and women, you can say, oh, yeah, you know, you can have an affair and this man will give you money. He'll give you cars. He will do all these things for you and you can get away with it with your life. In the Bible days, not so. So there's nothing that would have been a benefit to her to be the, con you know, if she was a single woman, you can say, okay, fine, she wants to be the king's concubine. And then she does this whole deceptive thing. But I just had to ask myself all these questions to say, what would have been the benefit to her? Could she have even said no? And how would she have known the king's itinerary to the point that, that is the exact time that she's outside his, um, she's outside her house bathing naked. And I, I just, you know, you might be able to tell me different. I, I, you know, this is a conversation. What is your interpretation of this story? Because I can't see anything other than a woman who was 
vulnerable and a king who was lustful and the crown of it all two last things because i know you've got other questions to crown it all david himself is not shy of what he's done we see that in psalm 51 he is prostrate in front of god repentant of his sin and i like what you said earlier you said the bible is not shy of telling the truth the whole truth and nothing but the truth you know the bible tells it how it happened when the prophet nathan came to talk to david about his sin it is so clear that the only person god held to account was david he did not punish Bathsheba. if you think about the story of adam and eve when eve had done something wrong when eve had led adam into some kind of deception when god punished adam he punished eve as well there was no holding back so if this was something that was that she was doing or if she was complicit in you know the bringing down of a king the killing of her husband in all of those things God wouldn't have punished just David. He would have punished Bathsheba as well. We see that in the story mm. of Adam and Eve. And so, yeah, those are the reasons why I really felt that the story needed to be told in this way. And I hope that it has come across in the book because I think you've read the book. I've, I think I've done it in a gentle way that shows the humanness of people, not necessarily in a way that comes across as brass and abusive, but in a way that shows that we are all human. You know, the Bible says, be careful when mm. you stand, lest you fall. And it is but for the grace of God that we can be victorious and stay away from sin. Talking about being human. Um, one of the things in the novel which I found um, interesting um, as I read it is that um, <laughs> you mentioned quite a few bodily functions along the way. <laughs> um, but but you do it in a... In a um, it's not in a crass or rude way. It's just a kind of mentioned as a matter of fact um, part of being alive. Um, and what was your intention of doing that? Was it to sort of bring it more a humanness, make it more relatable? Or what, what was your thinking behind you it? You know, now that you've said that... My mind is going 360 because I'm trying to think about bodily functions in this book. Um, but you're right in saying that it's humanness. I wanted to write a book that was as close to human nature as possible because my heart for this story was for people to find themselves in the middle of the story, for people to be able to engage with something that even though it's Bible fiction, it feels like this is actually what could have happened, that you can relate to Bathsheba, relate to David and the other characters in the book and not see it like some superhero book or some Bible story that's, that's old and it's outdated, but to bring it into our very existence right now to remind people that as much as these are Bible characters, they were real human beings like you know, human beings like, like us, they, they had the same feelings that we had. They experienced the same emotions that we experience today. They had the same struggles that we have today. And I believe that the more we can humanize Bible characters, the more that we can relate to them, the more that we can learn from them, and the more that we can 
find our unique selves, our, our circumstances within the pages of the Bible, and which has always been my heart with Bible fiction, that it becomes something that makes the Bible come to life and makes the Bible more real in a way that's relatable. Having said that, just for the benefit of our listeners, um, your book is still set in the Bible times, um, the time of when the story was written in, rather than, um, it, it's not you've not updated, they're not all wearing sort of ripped jeans, driving <laughs> no, cars or motorbikes or thing. <laughs> it, it's not set in modern days, it's set in Bible times, but the characters we can relate to life because life um, remains the same. Yeah, absolutely. In in whatever time period one puts us, I suppose. Now, a lot of the story is what's happening within Bathsheba's mind. Um, was there a specific point you were trying to make by approaching the storytelling in this way? Or did the device just suit the story? How did it work? So, um, I wrote her story in first person because it's supposed to be a novel that is autobiographical. It is her opportunity to tell the story from her point of view. When you think about how the Bible account is written, it tells us so much about what goes on around the peripheral of the story. It tells us from David's perspective, from Nathan's perspective. We don't have Bathsheba's voice anywhere in the Bible, which is what I wanted to capture. Um, she would have had thoughts, she would have had feelings, she would have had emotions. Um, it, it, it would have been an experience for her because the more you take your time to think about it, what would it have felt like to be married to the man who, who um, abused you, murdered your husband and summoned you to be his wife? Those are three significant things, and these are huge things that happens to one human being. I needed to give her the opportunity to tell her side, for, to tell her side of the story, and to give a voice um, to a woman who didn't have a voice. But I must say, you know, like you've said for um, to, to to the listeners, it's set in Bible times, is written within context, is written within the scope of the Bible. Um, there are enhancements not taken away. There's not a change to the actual Bible story. But what I've been able to do in telling the story in this way is to tap into, um, into history, into my imagination, into a story that can empower the readers, um, not just from Bathsheba's perspective, but also that people that would have experienced something similar or know somebody that has experienced something similar can identify with those emotions and say, you know, I felt that. I thought like that. I experienced that. I'm writing about Bathsheba, but I could be writing about you. And that's what will bring real mm. healing and comfort. But it will also be bring entertainment as well, you know. We, we say a penny for your thoughts. Wouldn't you like to read somebody's mind? And so um, this book gives you an opportunity to do that. <laughs> yeah, that's great. I must admit, even though I know the story, I'm familiar with the story in the Bible. Um, there were moments as I was reading the novel, um, I caught myself going... Oh, what's going to happen next? <laughs> uh, there was still that element of, uh, you know, uh, there might be a twist or a turn here. So it was good. It was well written. Thank you. We will be back to chat with Amanda Bedra some more. 
about her book and her faith and her life, as well as some other books she's written as well after these messages. If you enjoy listening to this podcast, you can help keep it on the web. All you've got to do is buy me a coffee. Head over to buymeacoffee.com slash to make a donation. There is a link in this episode's show notes. So go on, buy me a coffee today and help this podcast to keep supporting Christian books and authors. Welcome back. I'm talking to author Amanda Bedra about her book, Becoming Queen Bathsheba. It's a new novel she has just written. And before the break, we were talking a lot about the book. Now, Amanda, it is a biblical fiction. So one thing I'd like to know is how much historical research do you do in preparation for writing this book? Or did you just kind of read the Bible story and go, oh, yeah, I can add a few bits to that? There was a lot of, there was a lot of preparation that went into, um, into writing this book. Yes, of course, the first point of call is always read the Bible. Um, but, you know, like I said, these are Bible characters, but there are, they are human beings that actually existed. And so there is some history about their lives that are not necessarily in the Bible because the Bible doesn't capture everything. But apart from even learning a bit more about them individually, you know, their history, their past, their lineage, their generation, how it all fits in, there's research that I needed to do about what did um, w- what did the Bible ever look like at that time? What kind of houses did they live in? What did David's palace look like? What would it have, you know, what's the distance between where David was and where she supposedly was? What other explanations could there have been for her, you know, cleansing herself at that time? Um, And I, I do a lot of imagination in my head because like I said there were some questions that I asked when I read the Bible that I needed to answer and I was you know I spent a lot of time thinking about the answers to the question different scenarios and as I ponder I think I pray I study I research I read as much information as I can about the story from different perspectives I read the Bible in various translations because one translation carries one meaning and another can show another meaning I read um, even those hidden things in the Bible that you know the Bible would put a line in there and it's 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 a lot that comes out of the line so one of the things that's in the Bible it talks about the fact that she had just finished her ritual cleansing what does that mean so it means that you know she's a woman who had just um who had had a period and had gone to do you know the rites of cleansing what did that look like in um in the jewish faith and so there's a lot of research that went into that and again the more you start to dig into some of the you know the hebrew words or the greek words to get different meanings um it gives a it gives a, a life to the story in a way that you would not necessarily get from just reading the Bible, which empowers me to then write a novel out of it and make it into um, 200 and something odd pages when it's only maybe like two or three pages in the Bible. So there's a lot of work, a lot of research that goes into it, and it does take a lot of time, but it's a very enjoyable experience as well, I must say. Speaking of time, how long did it take to write this novel? That's a really good question, Um, and I'll tell you why. I had started thinking about writing this story for a good four, five years, but I never had the release in my heart to write it because of um, 
the way that I experienced the story as a child because of some of the conversations I had with, you know, pastors and other people that I had asked about their perspective of the story. And so I was really held back with fear. And I just thought about the story for a few years. But when it came to writing the actual book, I had done my research. I had been thinking about it, but the writing took only about 30 days or less. And it came out of a period of fasting, a period when I was seeking God because there was just so much going on in my life. Um, you know, I have really close family members that had had diagnosis of different illnesses. You know, I had COVID at the time myself. There was a lot that was going on, you know, going on in my life. And I took some time to fast and pray. And whilst I was in that storm, God gave me a promise that if I would trust him and start writing the book in December of 2021, I would finish the book in December of 2021. And so I started writing on the 1st of December and I stopped writing on the 31st of December. And to be honest with you, in the middle of that, I was out for about a week because I had COVID in that period, um, which was really bad. Um, my daughter had COVID. My sister had COVID. You know, we didn't have a Christmas. All of that happened. But even in that period, I saw the faithfulness of God, which is why I know that this book has such an anointing because to be able to bring beauty out of what felt like ashes in my life in the month of December 2021. It had to, it had to absolutely be the grace of God. And so, yes, I would say it took me that period because that was when God gave me the grace to sit down and write. But for years, I had been thinking about this story and, and processing it and trying to, you know, research it. But when it came to writing, it took only the month of December 2021. Mm, that's really interesting. Really interesting. Now, this isn't your only book. You have written other things. Can you tell us about them? So um, I have some nonfiction books that I have also written, um, one for kids that it's called My Superpower is Kindness, and it's all about teaching kids kindness. I've written some nonfiction books. The first book I actually wrote was my autobiography. Um, it's um, titled The Love That Set Me Free, and it told my own story from... Um, being sexually abused as a child and God coming into my life and bringing redemption in my life. So that was the first book that I ever published. And then since then, I've written Five Habits of Godly Resilient Women. Um, I've written an introduction to the Bible. And I've also written my first Bible fiction story, actually, um, is a novel titled Leah, Unnoticed, Unwanted and Unloved. And it tells the story of Leah, Jacob and Rachel one man married to two sisters. I mean, what could possibly go wrong? Um, so it's, it's, it's another story that focuses on a woman who was unwanted, um, who was rejected. Um, and I've, I've written it in a way that, well, from my readers, they, they, they describe it as a beautiful account of the restoration of God's goodness. Um, and it's a really good book. It's the first is the first novel. It's it's still my baby. I have a fondness for Leah, but I must say that um, I've, I really enjoyed writing Bathsheba, um, Bathsheba's story. So there are a few books out there. All my books are on Amazon. I mean, you, you put my name into the chat box and I think there's about 11 or 12 books at my last count. So I can't necessarily remember all of them. Um, I've written a few journals. I've designed, um, should I say, a few journals as well that have been um, that has been just a blessing to the body of Christ. I write prayers as well. So I write prayer cards that are also out there and people use them to pray. They've got scriptures. They just empower you in different ways. And every day I'm just humbled with the way that God can speak through me in, in written material that people 
have the opportunity to enjoy, engage, and be blessed by. Mm. Now, lots of people either will have already read some of your material before, or are just about to because they've heard you on this podcast and really want to open up some pages of either um, Becoming Queen Bathsheba or any of the other books you just mentioned for us. Um, but one thing we like to do on the podcast is find out a little bit about the author as a person. So um, is writing your only job or do you have other work as well? Writing is not my only job. Um, I pray that I can get to the point where writing writing becomes my full-time job. But it's one of the... I think my call to ministry is to serve the body of Christ through simplifying the Bible and making it enjoyable. Writing is one of the ways that I do that. The other way that I do it is by um, by speaking. So I get invited to come and teach and preach in conferences and events. And it's a blessing to me. It's a blessing to others. Um, the other thing that I do is I run a non-profit organization called Empower a Woman that is focused on meeting the needs of vulnerable women and children one gift at a time. It literally is an organization that is set up to give free gifts to women and children that would not normally get gifts. And it's a way of placing worth and value and communicating the love of Jesus. And so I have the privilege of doing that. Um, till date, we've given out over 12,000 free gifts. Um, majority of our gifts go to women that are in women that are in prison, um, women that are in shelters, women that are fleeing domestic violence, widows. Um, we have a huge project to support children in education. And we, of course, support the work of author um, charities and organizations. For my day job, I work in the NHS. I work as a, a senior manager in the NHS. My current role is as the deputy SRO and S, um, associate director for the COVID and flu vaccination program. So as you can imagine, the last three years have been very, very busy. I'm a mom, I'm a wife. Um, uh, wow. I'm a friend, I'm, I'm all these things, but I do them one at a time by the grace of God. Uh, my amazing. life is very busy. It's, <laughs> my life is very busy. extremely busy. You do well to write books as well. That's amazing. Uh, th this seems like a silly question to ask, just having discovered how busy you are. But do you have any time for yourself? Do you have any time for fun or hobbies? Um, I do have time for myself and it's such a nerdy thing to say, but I am a writer that loves to read. So I spend a lot of time reading um, and I just do that for fun. Um, of course, you know, the regular thing I like to, you know, I like to watch movies. I like to hang out with my friends. I enjoy going on trips with my husband. I love to travel. Um, I went through a period of, you know, spending time with God, just walking um, for long periods of time. Um, so I do, I try to create time for myself because I know that in everything that God has called me to do, I need rest. I need to rest my mind. I need to rest my body. I'm very, very aware that the devil likes nothing more than a tired Christian. And so <laughs> I make rest a priority. Um, I invest in personal retreats. I invest in corporate retreats. And, you know, I just do the 
the, the sensible thing of going to bed on time, you know, eating right mm. as much as I can, drinking lots of water. So I do try my best to look after myself. But when I'm in a period of writing, all of that goes out of the window. I'm kind of like in coffee, writing, nobody speak to me mode. <laughs> um, but they only last, you know, the time that God has given me the grace to. But every other time, yes, I take time to have fun and rest. Great. Coming back to movies, um, what's your favorite sort of genre of movie? Is it like a rom-com or an action or a fantasy? What's your favorite kind of type oh, of Oh, I am such a Hallmark girl. <laughs> you know those Hallmark movies, the ones that are clean movies, they're funny, they are very, oh, you know, you get one kiss at the end and you rejoice it. It's kind of like <laughs> girl meets boy, boy falls in love with girl. I'm an absolute <laughs> romantic at heart. So yes, I, 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 I do love those kind of movies, but I do like things that make me laugh. You know, I'm partial to a good comedy. Um, but of course, my go-to would always just be the, you know, leave me with a home. And yeah. I love Christmas movies as well. You know, I would watch Christmas movies even when... When those movie channels come out in yeah. mid-November with all the Christmas movies, you Sometimes I don't even wait till mid-November. I'll just go and just look for a Christmas movie, even if it's in <laughs> April. You know, <laughs> so, I don't always wait till Christmas. <laughs> Very good. Uh, so, have you got any writing projects coming up soon? You might be just thinking about ideas you may not have had that 30 days to sit down and do it yet but there might be something brewing in the background is there anything you can let us in on at this stage so you have actually caught me in my writing season i'm in a period of writing another book um actually the um, becoming queen Bathsheba is one in a series of three i thought it was going to be a standalone book but what God started speaking to me was the themes of forgiveness, kindness, and courage. So, but Sheba's story is a story of forgiveness. The story that I'm currently writing is a story of kindness. And the story after that is going to be a story of courage. And so I'm writing three stories. Um, this series, it's their love stories. Um, they're all becoming stories. They're all books that are going to be written in first person where you get to, um, experience the Bible from the character's point of view. Um, this book that I'm writing is is quite, <laughs> it's interesting, it's not one that I thought that I was going to write. I don't want to give too much of it away, but I would say um, it's another woman who found herself um, in a difficult situation, but we do serve that God of second chances. She is in the lineage of Jesus Christ. And she's... I was going to say, is it biblical fiction It again? is biblical fiction. So the three yeah. becoming books are, are biblical fiction. And they are all women in the Bible. And they are... Um, the first two are women that are in the lineage of Jesus. The last one isn't. But they have such strong themes that I know that it's going to be such an encouragement um, to people mm. that read the, the story. So yes, I'm in the middle of writing. I don't know whether I'm going to have that 30-day grace, but I am trying um, to finish by the end of February. And I'm hoping that um, this new novel would, would be out at some point this year. Mm, excellent. That's fantastic. I've really enjoyed our conversation. It's been great. Um, before we say goodbye... Can you just tell us where people can find you online? Are you on social media? Have you got a website? Where can people grab a copy of your books? Um, 
firstly, I do want to say thank you so much to you, Matt, for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure to just chat to you about my book. Thank you so much to the listeners um, for making it even this far into the podcast. I hope that it's engaged you and um, you're encouraged to read one of my books. And I'm thankful that you are. And so to answer that question, you can find all of my books on Amazon or any online Christian bookshop. Um, I do have a website that you can go that would take, you know, that would link you to where you can also buy the books. Um, my website is myfullname.com, which is amandabedra.com. I am on social media. I'm on Facebook as Amanda Bedra. I'm on Instagram as Amanda Bedra. I'm on Twitter. Um, and I'm always happy to connect, interact, make new friends and answer any questions about any of my books. I'm happy to come and, you know, talk about the themes of my books. I'm happy to be part of book clubs. You know, that, you know, the, these are things that have happened in the past where a group of women get together to read any of my books and they want me to come and talk about it. I'm happy to do all of that stuff because at the end of the day, the desire of my heart is to bring people that much closer to Jesus, to make them real in his life, in their lives, and to bring the Bible to life because it does it really does have the power to to heal to transform and to save and so please do connect with me on social media please do read one of my books i hope you enjoy it so much that you gift it um to somebody else and um and yes i i just look forward to hearing all the great testimonies that will come out of your experience of my book that's fantastic thank you amanda i'm sure many listeners will be connecting with you and just for the benefit of our listeners i'll be popping a link to your website in the description of the show um, that goes out with this episode so if you're listening and you want to find out more about amanda or where to grab books have a look in the description of the show on whichever platform you're listening on and there'll be a link there to Amanda's website so you can click on that and go straight to where you want to go. Thank you, Amanda, so much for being with us. It's been excellent. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you, the listener, for listening. It's been wonderful to have the pleasure of your company once again. Don't forget, the Christian Book Club happens twice a month. So another episode will be coming your way really soon. So do keep your eyes open for the next episode of the Christian Book Club. Don't forget, I'm also giving away a copy of Amanda's new novel, Becoming Queen Bathsheba. All you've got to do is sign up to my newsletter email on my website, mattmcclary.com, and you'll get instructions as to how to enter that competition through that mailing list. Thank you so much for joining us, and I look forward to meeting you again on another edition of Christian Book Blurb. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to Christian Book Blurb with your host, Matt McClary. Do give it a like, give it a share, and let your friends know all about it. We do hope to see you again soon on another Christian Book Blurb.